Hey, uh, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open with me to Matthew chapter 6. This is where we are now and where we're going to be for the next uh, three more weeks um, leading up to Mother's Day, which Mother's Day, shout out to all the moms in the house. That's coming up. Some of them are excited. Some of them are like, oh, you know, it's Mom's Day. I still have to wake up and take care of the kids. But, you know, uh, husbands, do your job that day. I'm also preaching to myself right there. So, hey, I, uh, I want to invite you guys. Um, we are studying through the Lord's Prayer. And as we study through the Lord's Prayer, uh, with that, I, I want to actually invite us to recite the Lord's Prayer. And if you don't know the Lord's Prayer, that's totally okay. It's going to be on the screen right here, but it comes out of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking about when you pray, this is how you should pray. And he goes into detail, and, um, and, and so if you guys would just join me, and let's collectively recite this. You guys ready? Yeah, all right. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Different version. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And for some of us, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all did great. Excellent. Give, your, give yourself a round of applause. You did great. So listen, the way we do teaching series here at City Church is we usually pick a book of the Bible or a passage out of the Bible, and we pretty much just walk through it line by line. And so um, actually in just a few weeks, we're going to start the Psalms of Ascent, and we are literally going to go from Psalms 120 to 134 for 14 weeks, line by line. I'm really excited. It's called expository teaching. That's primarily how we do it, and then we'll throw in some sub-verses like we're going to do in just a moment um, to go with that. So last week, we, we looked at our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. This week, we are looking at your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So one of the things I want to start out with is um, our Christian life, our relationship with Jesus is not just personal, all right? It is personal, but oftentimes that's where we end right there. It's like I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we just kind of leave it there, and we don't see the other side of it that not only is it personal, it's also corporate. It is kingdom. We are a part of a kingdom that is not of this world or not of this earth. And so today I'm going to be talking, i got five quick points uh, where I'm going to be talking about what the kingdom of God looks like, both in us individually, but also in us as a church. And so the first, first point is God's, the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. And I love what it says in Psalms 103, verses 19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. And, and so this kingdom of God that we're looking at is not just a kingdom that will be made manifest here on this earth, but it is a kingdom that when you look out at the stars at night, when you're looking up and you're looking at the Milky Way galaxy or we're in the Milky Way galaxy, the Big Dipper or the Little Dipper. Uh, you look at Mars and you think, man, one day there's going to be life there, you know, um, with Elon Musk. And, and if you think about all of that, like um, this is God's throne. 
That is his throne, which means we have to have the right perception, the right understanding of the God that we serve and how good he is, but how powerful and how vast he is. It says in Psalms 19, verses 1, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Meaning if you want to get a glimpse of the power and the glory and the sovereignty of God, All you have to do is late at night on a clear night, not last night, but late at night on a clear night where it's above 60 degrees and it's comfortable to go outside. You walk out and you just look up and you just go, wow, wow. And for for some of us, like this moves us because all of that is the throne of our heavenly father. It is the throne of his kingdom, and his realm is everything that we see. Everything that we see with our eyes, it is the heavens declaring the glory of God. And and I think that that is absolutely beautiful. But but not only that, and and I just want to, actually, I just want to read this. This is by Pamela Palmer, and what she writes in relation to David writing about the heavens will declare the glory of God, and and she is a writer for Crosswalk.com, and she says, when David wrote the beginning of this psalm, I can imagine him looking around, admiring the grandiose of nature, the clear blue skies, the array of colors, and the vast night sky filled with hundreds and hundreds of glistening stars. What David meant in this verse is that the creation of God The beauty in awe of nature shows us the work of God in the existence of God. Nature unashamedly proclaims that God is real and he is our creator. In this prayer, David helps us to see that God draws us close to him as a heavenly father. We can experience God in his creation. We can gain a deeper understanding of God through his word and his laws. And most inspiring is that we are able to have a personal connection with God based in love, forgiveness, and a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is what our Heavenly Father is doing. And this kingdom is portraying his glory, his sovereignty, his power for all of us to be able to enter into a part of that. The, the second thing that we see, and this is where I'm going to probably spend the most time, is that the kingdom is God with us. The kingdom is God with us. And so when we become Christians and we embrace Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. And we get to invite God into our spaces, into our workplaces, into our trains, planes, and automobiles, right? Y'all like what I did there? That's a good movie, so I've been told. I've never seen it. But, but like we are invited into those moments, and God is, in, is wanting and desiring to come into those moments. He's wanting to invade the spaces of your heart. He's wanting that whenever you go out and, and you, you um, go to work, that God is with you. God is with us as a corporate church. As a corporate church. See, the reason the Jewish leaders had such a hard time with accepting Jesus as the Messiah was because the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, their view of the kingdom of God was different than God's view of the kingdom of God. And, and many of us, we have, to, we have to understand that our view of God's kingdom might not necessarily be God's view of his kingdom. 
There's, there is a difference. This is what the Pharisees and the religious leaders said. Um, they, they were expecting um, Jesus or the Messiah to come in as a conquering king. They wanted him to be born in a palace. They wanted the fanfare and the fireworks and, and all of the, the whistles to go off whenever he was born. Whenever he walked into Jerusalem, they wanted an army to be behind the Messiah as they came in. Do you know what they were looking for? They were looking for an earthly king. They were looking for a king that would save them from the oppression of Rome and from the citizens that were, that were laying these laws on them and persecuting them. But Jesus shows up on the scene, and Jesus is the different kind of king. He isn't the king that the Jews wanted, but he's the king that the world needed. Because Jesus wasn't here to establish an earthly kingdom. Jesus was here to establish a heavenly kingdom that is not of this world, that is available for all who put their faith in Jesus Christ to live for eternity. And that's what it was that Jesus came in. So the, the, the Pharisees were looking for an army, for a palace, and for Jesus or the Messiah to set up an earthly king. And God's plan was that he was going to set up a kingdom that was built in humility, love, peace, uh, patience and forgiveness, that all who believe could be embraced and welcomed into it. And this is why I love Jesus, because Jesus hung out with common people. He was a friend of sinners. He hung out with the prostitutes. He, like, ate dinner with the tax collectors. He even called one of the tax collectors to be one of his disciples, Matthew. Now, Many of us, we don't think much about taxes because we pay our taxes like good American citizens that we do. Um, but the people back then, they hated tax collectors because tax collectors were individuals that would betray their own nationality to collect from their citizens to give back to Rome. And so there was like sinners and drunks and prostitutes, and they were like in a bad category. And then there was tax collectors, and they were the outcasts, and they deserved to be stoned. Like, that's the way that people thought about the tax collectors. And Jesus said, hey, come and follow me, Matthew. Come and follow me. And when he did that, man, it was so backwards thinking from what that culture was portraying. That's the kingdom that God was setting up. A kingdom that would call people from the farthest that they could be from him into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. A kingdom that would meet us where we are. A kingdom that would be manifesting itself in common people. I love what the disciples said after Jesus ascended up into heaven. You have uh, Peter and James, and they're, they're walking, or maybe it was Peter and John. Um, but they were walking, and, and it says in the book of Acts that they were ordinary, common men who had been with Jesus. Or another translation says, uneducated, common men who had been with Jesus. Because whenever you are with the King of Kings, whenever you are with the Lord of Lords and you are in his presence, there is something that God wants to deposit and do inside of you that it doesn't matter how much schooling you have or how much schooling you don't, there is a transformation that takes place in your heart that, is, that manifests itself in your life or is, expresses itself in your life. So Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples in Luke chapter 17. And one of the Pharisees pipes up who was listening because the way that the Pharisees did with Jesus is they would go up to Jesus and, and they would say, um, they would kind of listen from, from the sideline and then they'd hear him say something. They'd pipe up and they'd try to challenge Jesus with a question. And so this is what was happening. 
Luke chapter 17 about the kingdom says this in verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in the way that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. Okay? So what Jesus' response was, they're wanting to know, so when is the kingdom of God going to come to Jerusalem? And Jesus turns to the Pharisees, and he says, the kingdom of God is not going to come to Jerusalem, and it's not going to be like, oh, there's the kingdom of God. You've got 10,000 troops marching on Jerusalem. It's, here's the kingdom of God. It's coming in. Glory be to Yahweh. It's not going to be here, and it's not going to be there. What Jesus says and said is he says, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It's in the midst of you. Now, the wording that Jesus used right there in the Greek is entos, which means literally within your soul. Meaning the kingdom of God is not this kingdom that's going to end up marching here on earth, but the kingdom of God is going to be deposited into the hearts and into the souls of men and women who fall in love with Jesus, which means that the kingdom of God is dwelling literally inside of you. Which is why the Apostle Paul later on says, you are ambassadors of Christ. You are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Meaning that we get to take this reconciliation, this forgiveness, this love that we have, and we get to go out and we get to be ambassadors for the sake of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me kind of put it like this. Friday night... Lauren Stewart came over, and David Stewart also came over, with their kids, and they brought pizza. Yeah, so this is from Elias's Pizza, in which my kids were like, did Elias Guzman make it? And it's like, no, 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 Elias is the name of a restaurant, you know, but does Elias work there? And it's like, no. It was really cute. Maybe one day, so... Look, he can make pizza for us anytime, and the kids can eat it, you know. Um, but this pizza box is worth about, let's just say with inflation, 50 cents, right? 50 cents. Could you just imagine, could you imagine someone, you know, ding dong, ringing the doorbell, you open it, it's like, hey, I brought you your pizza box. You can see the grease stains in there. It's very good pizza. I brought you your pizza Oh, it even smells good, and it's a few days old. Like, <laughs> But could you just imagine, like, here's, here's your pizza box, 50 cents, right? Could you imagine them saying, give me $15 for what? For a pizza box. This pizza box has little or no value in it. But when the pizza is placed in the box, the value ends up increasing based upon what the business sets is the value for the box. Some of you guys know where I'm going with this because you've seen this online. Yes, I stole this illustration, all right? Here's my point. What Jesus deposits inside of you is what sets your value, not what man, not what culture, not what the world says about you. Whenever we become conduits and vessels for the kingdom of God and he puts a value inside of you, there is a value that is marked with the blood of Jesus Christ in your life that no man or no woman or no culture or no society or politician can place on you. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. That's 
the kingdom of God. You're worth more than you give yourself credit for. I just want to throw that out there. Some of you, you don't give yourself credit for a lot. You're worth more than you give yourself credit for. Point number three, the kingdom should be made manifest through the church. We, we said this last week, but prayer is the vehicle that God uses to connect with him, right? Well, this week, um, the kingdom of God should be made manifest through the church. God uses the church who's been fueled up by prayer to be the vehicle that the gospel or the good news goes out to the world. Meaning that as citizens of the kingdom of God, we should be allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, to speak through us so that other people could hear about this incredible good news of grace, love, peace, joy, and forgiveness that we have received. That's how the kingdom of God is built. That's how the kingdom of God is established on this earth. And, and so I just want to kind of give you a few examples right here. Um, if you're a teacher, I want to encourage you to teach with the kingdom of God in your mind. There is, there is someone who attended this church for a while who was a teacher in Mechanicville and full-blown, like, loves Jesus, speaking in tongues, she'll pray for you, she's going to believe for healing, like, she is all there. And she was labeled, she, I kid you not, she was labeled Mechanicville's safest teacher for the LGBTQ community to go and talk about when they're dealing with issues. Why? Because she stepped into that classroom with the kingdom perspective that said, whether I agree or disagree, I love those people and I'm going to express and establish the kingdom of God in my classroom. Like that is kingdom business right there. Or, or I think about if you're a professional, like maybe you're a doctor or you're a lawyer in this room, and I know we've got a few doctors here, right? Um, like whenever you're operating on animals, I don't know necessarily about animals, all right? But, you know, maybe, maybe the owner of the animals, okay? The owner of the animals. Or, or you're dealing with someone who's in your, your doctor's office. You have an opportunity to establish the kingdom of God with those patients and with your customers customers that you guys have like that's an opportunity to create hey this space this room I may not be able to say the name of Jesus but I can pray I can pray I love my doctor Dr. Bob Paglo he prays with every person who goes into his clinic every person sits there and, and he does it respectfully hey can I pray with you absolutely Dr. Bob it's like and it's very simple that's establishing the kingdom of God. Or, or I think about me. I'm going to give you a little bit of my life, right? I, I started, my first job was Burger King. I was making $5.15 an hour. I was balling, baby. Balling. $5.15 an hour. Uh, I really thought that was a lot of money back then. Now I'm just like, my kid's like, I'll pick up sticks for $5 and I don't want to do it. So I'm like, here, it takes you 10 minutes. And it's like, you got it better than me, right? Um, but at Burger King, whenever God impacted my life, which it literally was while I was working at Burger King, I recognized that that's an environment for me to establish the kingdom of God. Or whenever I first moved up here to Albany, New York, and, and I got involved in insurance sales, I sold life insurance. Can I get an amen, Kevin? Amen. But not only was I selling life insurance, I was also selling eternal insurance, okay? That's such a lame joke, such a lame joke. But literally, everyone was like, you're a Christian? 
you're a pastor. Whenever we started this church, I was literally selling life insurance. I kid you not. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. And I remember one day someone in our insurance firm ended up having an issue. And we went into the meeting and they go, hey, Mike, you're, you're a pastor. Can, can, you, can you pray for me? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then another guy came in before I even started praying. It was like, wait, you're, you're a pastor? Dude, I've got this issue over here. Next thing I knew, I've got 12 people who were not Christians before our staff meeting. And they asked me, the new guy, to pray for them because I was an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Because the kingdom was made manifest through me. For all of you students in this room, when you go to school or you go to your groups or you go in to university, you have an opportunity to be a kingdom ambassador, to let God do what he's done inside of you and to be making that made manifest among you. And listen, this is why we are doing this workshop called Go and Sow, because you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And some of us, we may not know how to do this. That is the purpose of this is is Pastor Micah and Lauren want to equip you with the tools necessary so that you can go and sow seeds for the kingdom of God. It's an opportunity that we have. It's an opportunity that all of us have to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. The fourth point is the kingdom is missional. The kingdom of God is missional. And the kingdom of God is, is a command, a mission for us to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so today, we're going to do that in just a moment, in about five to seven minutes. We're going to do that. And I'm excited. We are going to allow the kingdom of God who is inside of us to be made manifest here. And so if you are getting baptized, I want to dismiss you at this point to go get changed, go get ready. For everyone else, you're stuck with me for a few more minutes, and that's okay. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to give everyone just a minute as they are going about. Now, maybe you're in this room right now, and you didn't sign up to be baptized. Maybe God's been working on your heart. Maybe God's been speaking to you. This is an opportunity for you to take a step in baptism. It's like, Michael, I didn't bring any clothes. That's okay. We have t-shirts. We have shorts. We have towels. We have all of that ready for you. And if at any point today, while we're baptizing people, and we're celebrating life change through Jesus Christ, while we are seeing God do what only God can do, if that is you and you want to be baptized or you feel moved to be baptized, simply just go to my left, your right, right where Noah is over there in the military uniform. Tina and Ken are going to be back there, and they can help you. They can give you uh, a, um, a changing of clothes for you to get baptized in, a towel, all of that stuff to where you don't ruin your church clothes, all right? And we want to celebrate with you. Because the kingdom of God is missional, and it's our mission, our command from Jesus to go out and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My last point is this. The kingdom of God 
only comes through intercession. Through intercession. Well, Michael, what is intercession? Well, Jesus talks about it in John chapter 17, and for time's sake, I'm not going to get into it. But it's what happens in between what is on earth and what God is doing in heaven. It's that standing in the gap until we see what God wants to do in heaven being established on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's that gap in between, and that's why we pray in Jesus' name, because Jesus is in heaven right now, interceding on our behalf for the church. And so when we pray in Jesus' name, we are simply just coming into alignment and into agreement with Jesus for his will to happen on this earth, for his glory to happen on this earth, for his presence to be made manifest on this earth. And intercession starts God's glory, recognizing that he is a holy father, our father, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in Auburn as it is in heaven. God, let that be our prayer. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? Listen, I, I, I want to make sure this is very, very clear. If God is moving on your heart, if there's something inside of you and you've never been baptized and you want to be baptized, or maybe you've been baptized and it wasn't that real commitment, you just did it, but you want to say, hey, no, I, I'm making a new commitment today. I, I'm, I'm going to go public with what Jesus has done and doing in my life, man. I want to encourage you to take that step because there's something that happens whenever we get baptized in the name of Jesus around a community of believers. If that's you, whenever we sing, whenever we're praying, whenever we start dunking people at any point, you just go back to my left and your right or whenever you turn around, your back left and say, hey, I, I want to get baptized. I wanna, we want to celebrate with, with you with what God is doing. For the rest of us, I want to encourage us. Allow this to be a time of intercession. Allow this to be a time of saying, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing this song for about three, four minutes, and then I'm going to come up, and we're going to transition to celebrating baptisms. And so, Father, we thank you. I want to just invite you, if you feel comfortable, just to lift up your hands. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into this moment right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak into this moment right now, right here, right now. Father, I ask that your presence would rest upon us. God, I ask that people that maybe are feeling compelled to be baptized today that didn't sign up, God. Father, that you would just give them the courage and the faith to step out. God, that you would remove every obstacle in this room 
for us to be able to come into a growing relationship with you, for us to be able to continue growing. And Lord, I ask that as we worship, as we pray, as we celebrate new life in Christ, God, that your kingdom would be made manifest here in the city of Albany. Father, that your presence would rest upon us, that your fire would fall down, God. Father, that your fire would fall down right here, right now, that we would not just be spectators of the church, but that we would be participators in the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you right here, right now. And so I just want to encourage you guys right where you are just to start praising Jesus, start worshiping Jesus in your own way, just giving him glory, just giving him praise, because the kingdom of God starts from a place of intercession. Intercession starts when we start acknowledging the glory that is due to his name. And so Jesus, you are holy. Jesus, you are good, and we love you, and we praise you. You are a holy God, holy God. And Father, we thank you for your riches and for your mercy. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that you are not done, but that the best is yet to come. Father, we thank you that you are establishing a church who prays, a church who believes, a church who exceeds the expectations that maybe we would put on ourselves. Father, we thank you that the value that we have is not marked by man, but that it is marked by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in this place. We ask that you speak in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Kingdom of God made manifest in this place. We're going to sing. And man, I just want to encourage us. Let's press into this moment. Let's celebrate. And let's see what God's about to do.